0: Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. I'm going to continue on in our series this evening. Only believe. Only believe. <laughs> Only believe. You know, I don't know what it is that you're facing, you know, and I don't want this to be just a catchphrase. I want this to be reality for each of us, that there is a, a, an assurance in our heart that we know that when we come before the Lord, there is, a, there is an assurance in our heart. There is an unwavering assurance. There is, a, there is a, a settled faith within our hearts that we know that God is able. Amen. That we know that God is able. In Matthew 19, my mic's just a touch loud, guys. In Matthew 19... In verse 26, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God. All things are possible. Try that one more time. With men this is impossible, but with God. All things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. All things are possible. That word believe. There in that, in that verse, the word believe, that I, I believe, only believe is the theme that we're, that we're looking at. It's the firmly settled faith, to have permanent, have a faith permanently placed in God. Immovable, it's settled, it's a fixed persuasion. The word able, if you'll put that verse back up. Able. God, with God, all things are possible. He's able. The word possible is the word able in in Greek. If you translate it, it means God has more than ability to do something. It's more than his ability to do something. He has the might and the power resident in him to do what we trust him to do. He has the ability. He has the power. He has the authority to do what we trust him to do. I really feel like this mic is really hot on the stage, guys. Stephen Chernock says this, The power of God is that ability and strength whereby He can bring to pass whatsoever He pleases, whatsoever His infinite wisdom may direct, and whatsoever the infinite purity of His will may resolve. As holiness is the beauty of all God's attributes, so power is that which gives life and action to all the perfections of the divine nature." How vain would be the eternal counsels if power did not step up in to execute them? Without power, his mercy would be but a feeble pity. His promises, an empty sound. His threatenings, a mere scarecrow. God's power is like himself it's infinite, it's eternal, it's incomprehensible. It could neither be checked, restrained, nor frustrated by the creature. Amen. God's power is infinite. This, I'm sorry, I'm slightly distracted. It's still a little hot. God's power is not acquired. God's power, God did not acquire his power. He is power. He is all powerful. There, thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> the wonderful joys of technology. I feel like I am bouncing all over the place behind me. It's a distraction when you're speaking and you just hear yourself bouncing all over the place. <laughs> God's power is not acquired, nor does it depend upon any recognition or anyone to recognize his authority. He is all-powerful. Amen? God's power is, he is self-sustained. In him is all power, all authority. He is omnipotent. That means he is all-powerful. Amen? Amen? Charles Spurgeon says this God's power is like himself, self existent, self sustained. He is the, mighty, the mightiest of men, cannot add so much as a shadow of increased power to the omnipotent one. He is himself the great central source and originator of all power. Amen. He is all powerful, He contains all power. In Job, God told Job, where were you in Job 38? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? (laughs) Where were you? Where were you, Pastor Zach? Where were you, Pastor Heather, when God laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know Job, surely. Who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? And we're talking about the the supernatural power of God. He is all-powerful. doesn't matter what the circumstance is that you face. It doesn't matter how lost the person is. It doesn't matter what the financial issue is or the health issue. Our God is all-powerful powerful. Only believe. Only believe. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He has within himself all power. In himself, he has the authority and the and the power and the ability to accomplish what he said he would do in your life. How how bad would it be if God said, I'll, I'll provide healing for you, but he hadn't he had no power to back it up. What if God said, I will bless you, and had no power to back it up? What if God called you into, into ministry and had no power to transform you and to equip you to do the thing that he called you to do? How, how bad would it be if God spoke to you and promised you something but had no power to activate it in your life? God contains all Power in himself is all power. He is all sufficient and able to bring to pass what he said he would do. In Mark chapter 14, verses 61 through 62, it says, But he kept silent and answered nothing. And again, the high priest asked him, saying, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power. Notice the right hand of God. We know Jesus sits right now at the right hand of God. God and his power are inseparable. He is power. Just as he is love, he is power. He's full of power. It is, it is an overwhelming, incomprehensible power. His essence is immense, he can't be confined, he is eternal. He can't be measured by time. He's almighty. He can't be limited in regard to his action. He is all-powerful. Amen. So tonight I want to look, I want to look at this all-powerful God. I want us to take a look again at this supernatural power, this, this uncontrolled, this imminent power of God that's radiating right now. Right now, sitting in heaven, this all supreme God is sitting, ruling all things by the word of his power. I want us to take a look again this evening at the power of God working on our behalf. When's the last time that you just considered the power of God at work on your behalf? When's the last time that you took a look at the power of God that's working and sustaining all things right now? When's the last time that you thought about the power of God that's holding back the, the judgment of man right now? When's the last time you've thought about the power of God that's holding him back the enemy from taking you out and stuffing you out at this very moment? When's the last time that you've thought about the power of God that kept you alive when you should have been dead? When's the last time you thought about the power of God that pulled you out of your pit of sin and carnality and set you free, that gave you the reality of who God is? I want to look again, I want to gaze again upon the, the omnipotent one who is controlling and ruling all things right now. In Job chapter 9 verse 8 it says he walks on the waves of the sea. He has uncontrollable power. He's the one that walks on the waves. The, the waves that are they're in torrent. The waves that are they're wild are crashing upon the rocks. He walks on these waves. In Job chapter 22 verse 14 it says that he walks above the heavens. Yeah, his presence, his power is immense. It covers the expanse of the heavens. If you look in the all the, the imagery from NASA and all the expanse of the heavens. God's power is on the, on the expanse of the heavens. In Psalms 104, verse 3, it says, He walks on the wings of the wind. He's swift in His working. You know, it doesn't say that He flies. It doesn't say that He runs. But He walks on the wings of the wind. Just think for a moment, the wind is one of the most unpredictable elements. We have tornadoes, and and for years we've been trying to perfect the science of predicting tornadoes. We have hurricanes, the fierceness of these winds, and yet it doesn't say that God walks or, or doesn't say that God runs or rides a chariot on him. No, it says that he walks, that the turbulence of these winds are under his feet. He controls them. It doesn't matter what the storm is, the windstorm of your life might be. Jesus is walking on the, on the wings of the wind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I will preach myself happy. If you won't get happy, I'll get happy. Jesus is walking on the wings of the wind of your life. <laughs> Amen. When the disciples were out on the boat with Jesus and Jesus was what? He was sleeping. <laughs> he was having a good old siesta on the bottom of the boat and the windstorm comes up against the boat, begins to beat in the boat and because of the wind, the waves, and the rain, all this stuff, and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're dying? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. I'm walking on the wings of the wind. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't know that there was trouble and he gets up and he says, shh. Yep. He makes a mockery of the storm, of the turbulence. He makes a mockery of his shh. Be quiet, peace, be still. And he'll do the same thing in your life today, no matter what the storm is, no matter what wind is beating upon your boat. The word there in Mark 4, that it's beating, means that it was tearing apart the boat. It was causing the waves to come in. Jesus will speak to the winds of your life. Jesus will walk in on the winds of the circumstance that you're facing and say, peace, shh. In Psalms 89, verse 11 through 12, it says, the heavens are yours, the earth also is yours, the world and all its fullness, you have founded them, the north and the south, you have created them. You know, all of the fullness of creation, were you there when God said, let there And light was. Were you there when God spoke and the worlds came into existence? All that is, all that ever will be was spoken into creation by the very voice and the word of God. And he owns it all. He controls it all. There's not one thing outside of his power, his authority. There's not one thing outside of his control. He spoke and light was. He spoke and the worlds were. He spoke and the animals were. He created, he formed, he fashioned. The heavens are his and the earth are his. With man yeah, with man, if we want to build or to make something, we need the tools and we need the materials. But not so with God. He spoke and all that he needed was wrapped up in the words. All he needed was wrapped up in one word. Let it be. And it was. Yeah, consider God's power and his preservation. He saves us. He delivers us. In Psalms 36, verse 6 it says, your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep, O Lord. You preserve man and beast. That word preserve in the Hebrew means he saves us. He delivers, or delivers us. No matter what it is you're facing, maybe maybe it's death, maybe it's disease, maybe it's your own carnality, whatever it is, God is able to save you and to deliver you out of your troubles. He's able to save you and deliver you out of your sin. He's able to save you and deliver you out of your temptation. He's able to save you and deliver you out of whatever it is that you face. Our God is able. He's more than he's more than powerful enough to handle whatever it is that you're facing. In Hebrews chapter one verse three, it says, "Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person is upholding all things by the word of his power." That word "upholding" in the Greek is the word to sustain in all and with all its changes and transformations. Meaning that this this upholding is a continual process in spite of change, in spite of circumstances, in spite of change. God is able to uphold; He's able to sustain all things throughout the ages. It means He. May maintains them through all, all the developments, all the stages, all the transformations. God is able to uphold and sustain your life. Amen. Amen. It means that he uh, th- he develops and holds all things together in their proper relationship. <laughs> God holds all things together in their proper relationship. There's, you know, the, the Greeks had this, the Greeks had this philosophy, Heraclitus, I mean, maybe you've heard me talk about this before, but he was a philosopher and he had this he had this philosophy uh, that he called the logos it was this this idea that the logos there was a power in the universe that held everything in cosmos. We're familiar with the term chaos. He says this power, this logos, keeps everything out of chaos and in cosmos. Because who's to say that that the the seas wouldn't overtake the dry ground? Who's to say that the sun wouldn't burn up the earth? And so they had this philosophy of logos that there was a power that held everything in order order. And John wrote in John chapter 1 and verse 1, he said, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, verse 14. The Word that John used there is the word logos. He said, This power that holds all things in order, this power that keeps everything out of chaos and into cosmos, this is God. This was the Word of God. God spoke and it came into existence. God's Word, incarnate Word, became flesh and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus Christ. This is the man. This person, Jesus, is the Word manifest. He's the one that upholds and sustains all things by the Word of His power. Consider His providential care in Psalm 66. It says this in verse 9, Who keeps our soul among the living and does not allow our feet to be moved. Luke 12, verses 27 through 28 says, Consider the lilies. How they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like any one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Why do you worry? Why do you fear? Why do you live in anxiety and fear over things? Why would we worry about our finances? Why would we worry about our families? Why would we live in anxiety if we would again behold the all-sustaining, the all-providential care of God? We would once again realize God is more than able. He's more than capable. Do you trust Him? Do you put your faith in Him? Do you have an unwavering assurance that God is able and has the power to sustain you and to provide for you? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Everything that you and I need to sustain us spiritually. Everything that you and I need to sustain our natural life. Everything that you and I would have need of, God's power is able to sustain us and provide for us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Or is it just something that you heard in Sunday school? (laughs) Yeah, it's easy to come to church. I'm just going to press pause on my notes for a moment. It's easy to come to church and you can you can sit week after week. This is a good word for somebody. It's easy to come. <laughs> it's thank you Lord. I'm just going to venture out of the boat with Jesus. It's easy to come to church and sit week after week on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night and you hear the word. You have the word of God being preached all around you, the presence of God. Is it's it's like a it's like a a blanket all around you. You can have it all around you. You can have the word all around you. The reality of God in a place all around you and yet miss and never receive for yourself the life-changing power of the word, the life-changing power of his presence, the life-changing power of God himself never affect you. It happens week after week. I see it every week. People come in and they leave the same way that they came. They come in, they sit, and I, I could preach judgment and hell. I've I've seen this. I watched it happen three weeks ago. I preached or two or three weeks ago. I preached a message. And I, I literally i watched I watched as people sat under the conviction about the judgment of God I preached on the the suffering savior and I talked about the suffering of God and and the suffering of those that would come uh, in in eternal judgment and I preached I preached i mean i preach, not under my own ability, but under the unction of the Holy Spirit, on the reality of God's coming judgment. And I could watch as people literally sat under conviction, people getting, we, I watched with my own eyes, people clawing their face under conviction, get up and walk out of a service. I'm talking about the conviction power of God. People come in and they get convicted and they leave. Come in and never be changed. It happens every week. And I want to. I so want to warn you. <laughs> if you come in and aren't changed and aren't transformed, Woo! be careful. Be careful. Because the power of God is present. The power of His Word. The power of His conviction. The power of God is present. And He, he is willing and able and sufficient to change and to transform you. And He will do it. But if you do not yield, if you do not yield to His power, in, in this moment, I will tell you there's a day coming where you will. I will tell you there's a day coming where you will. I'm going to preach on that in just a moment. But I, I, want to, I just want to segue there for a moment. Because even as I'm preaching, I just sense that there are those that oftentimes you, you come in and it goes in and comes out and don't miss. Yep. Don't miss. Don't miss. Well, praise Him. Consider God. <laughs> Consider Him and the power of His government. Consider Him. Isaiah 9, unto us a child is born, a son is given. And upon Him will be the government. Upon Him God will place the government of all things. God has restrained the enemy to His ordinations. He has confined the natural corruption of men. Who can conceive the frightful links to which men would go were God to remove His hand? Unbridled evil and licentiousness with a headstrong abandonment would fill the world if God's power did not lock down the floodgates. God rules over the adversary in First Peter chapter 3, and verse 22. It says, Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him? He rules over nature. Let me just back up. Rules over the adversary. You know, one of the things that drives me crazy as a pastor, well, the devil. Well, the devil did this. The devil did that. The devil did this. No, that was probably your carnal nature that did that. That was probably, the devil didn't make you do it. Is whatever, Harvey, is that what this guy said? I don't know Whoever said that. The devil didn't make you do it. I'm looking at Joe because he always knows, the, he's a trivia guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the devil, What was it? Flip Wilson, thank you. I was going to say, there, the, uh, who is it? Somebody help me. <laughs> the devil didn't make you, I know somebody knew it. The devil didn't make you do it. You know, we blame the devil on everything. You know, you have those that blame the devil on everything, and then you have the others that are spiritual ghostbusters that got the green ectoplasm in their basement. God rules over all things. God rules over all things. Is there a devil, and do you need to be delivered? Absolutely. But at some point, you need to stop inviting the devil back in and live in victory. The power of God is able... To liberate you, he's able to sustain you. Stop, stop allowing the enemy to have to wreak havoc over your life. Kick him out once and for all and live under the power and the authority of God. He rules Amen. I will. He rules over nature. (laughs) And Matthew 8, verse 27. He says, And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Even nature itself, even nature itself he rules over. You know, that, that includes sickness. It includes everything in this, in this natural world. God rules over those things. He rules over the church in Ephesians one twenty two, And he put all things under his feet and gave him head over all things to the church. God is the head of this church. Right. <laughs> and everybody said, amen. God rules over this church. God is the head of this church. There's no, there's no organizational body that rules over this church. God rules over this church. I submit to Him. (laughs) Hallelujah. I submit to God. And let me tell you, He will keep me in line if I don't. (laughs) If you don't like what I do, pray about it. Maybe the head of the church will direct me. (laughs) Isn't that what we ought to be doing? Don't you think that if you were to pray, if you didn't like me, if you prayed about it, maybe all of a sudden God will say, you know, that ain't Pastor Zach you have a problem with. You have an issue in your heart. You need to deal with the issue of your heart. I'm just saying, maybe, you, maybe really it is me, but I, I'm just saying, if you start praying about it, God might show you that you have some ugliness in your own heart that you need to deal with. <laughs> That's why I didn't look at him. I, I knew that he was, <laughs> he was wor- he's working through, he's pressing through. <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs> Get happy. Don't leave. Forgive. God rules over the church. He rules over the nations and the kingdoms. Psalms 22 verse 28 says, "For the kingship belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations." You know, Obama, Putin, whoever name, put it, fill in the blank, whoever it is, doesn't matter. God is in ultimate control. He's moving the puzzle pieces. He's setting the things up for coming judgment and the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, consider God's power and His judgment. <laughs> if you don't, if you, there, I tell you, there will be a time where you will, you will have a reality check with the power of God. Whether it's in this life or the next, you will step into a reality check of the power of God. Consider... Consider for a moment those that followed the Israelites across the Red Sea, the Egyptian army. Pharaoh got mad and he thought he was going to win the final battle. And little did he know that the flood, the the, the flood waters of the Red Sea would crash in upon his army and drown them all. Consider the judgment. Consider the judgment of God on Sodom and Gomorrah that rained down fire and brimstone. And and, and consider, consider God's judgment that comes upon. The the mankind with the flood of Noah, who, man, wrapped up in their, their carnality. They thought about evil all the time, the Bible says. Their motives, their desires, everything was about the evil in their own heart and the carnality of their own heart. Sounds very familiar. Consider the flood, God's judgment. God's judgment is swift and it's coming. Consider the judgment of God in hell. Consider the the fierceness and the fury of God's judgment and the power of God against those who reject the precious sacrifice of His only Son. Consider Consider the judgment of God, the power and the fierceness of the wrath of the judgment of God in hell. I would say that His power is all sufficient, just like God can speak and the Seas are calmed, the winds are calmed, just like he can speak and cancer is gone, just like he can speak and the dead are raised. Even so, the power of God in his judgment is fierce. And Ezekiel 22, verse 14 it says, can, you cur- can your courage endure or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. Psalms 2, verse 12 says, Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way, for His wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Thank you, Lord, that I, I can find the sustaining power of God at work in my life, that I don't have to find myself under the power of His judgment. Seeing that He is clothed with power, no prayer is too hard for Him to answer. No need too great for him to supply. No passion too strong for him to subdue. No temptation too powerful for him to deliver from. There's no misery too deep for him to relieve. In Psalms 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Is He your stronghold? Is He? Is His power sustaining you? Is His power providing for you? Is, is His power creating all things in your life that you have need of? His power is at work in me. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to what? According to His... His... His power that works within me. To Him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Yeah, His power, His power, His power is at work in you and I. Have you taken a look lately and considered the power of God? Consider the greatness of His power. Consider the magnitude and the fierceness of His power. And it is His desire... I want to wrap up with this thought. It's His desire that He makes and releases this power in our lives. Acts 1.8 And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. The fullness of God's authority and His power and His ability to accomplish His kingdom in this life and on this earth. He has released through the life of His believers. Of those who are in love with Him. He's released that power. There is power available that ought to be working in our lives. How does that power get released? Because you have to step in. You have to step in and know Him. You have to step in and know God. You have to step in and be filled with all the fullness of God. And as you do, that power begins to be released. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, that same spirit, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, will dwell in you. It will quicken you. It will flow through you. He'll operate in gifts through you. He'll manifest Himself through spiritual gifts in your life. He'll work through you in a supernatural way. Why is that? Not for your glory. not for for you to get the credit but he'll work through you that men and women might encounter the God of the Bible he'll work through you that they might see the the same miracles and the mighty working of God's power in this life in this earth, the same God of this book, of this Bible of these living words, the same Jesus that was manifest in this Bible, in this New Testament will be manifest to them through the life that you live that's that's, no, why, that's why. That's the why of knowing God. It, it is the end to itself to know God. It, it is the end of just knowing Him, just loving Him. But all of a sudden, when you know Him and you love Him and you worship Him, all of a sudden, the same power, that same authority that was on Christ and that is on Christ, and that same authority and that same power that flows right now between the Father and the Son. You know Jesus I'm sorry, I'm just getting all wrapped up here in these scriptures. Jesus, Jesus was sitting at the right hand of what? The right hand of power. He's sitting at the right hand of God. There is this exchange, this eternal exchange of power between the Father and the Son. He's pouring out the Father, pouring out his spirit of power upon his Son. And, it, and there's this eternal ongoing exchange. Of power and love and intimacy. And it's being poured out on you and I. You and I can step in to the same power. out to flow out of our lives. If we're encountering God, it'll flow out of our lives. Yeah, if we're encountering God, it'll flow. We were talking, I'll wrap up. I know this is my second closing. Um, we were talking in the men's group tonight. And someone brought up uh, Sunday's altar call. And people responding and receiving ministry. And, you know, I, I just have to say, I was blessed by the response of people to the altar on Sunday morning, and uh, that's, that's awesome. You know, people are responding freely to the presence of God, that's awesome. But why do we do that? It's not just so we can come down here and have a point of contact. It's more than just a point of contact. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people who just you know, they believe the altar you come down and you gotta this you repent of your sin and you're a horrible person because you're a sinner and you gotta come down to the altar and do what sinners do. And uh, <laughs> And that's an element of the altar, and the altar is a place to repent of sin, but it's more than that. It's a place to come and receive from God. There is there is a sacrifice that happens, but there's a, it is a place of new life. If you're, if you're crucifying things and putting things on the altar, hopefully there's new life coming out of that. Hopefully you're killing the dead and God's resurrecting the new. Hopefully God's doing a, a resurrection work in your life. So the altar's not a place of judgment. It's a place of His power. It's a place of His presence. It's a place where we can come and say, Lord, I just need more. And so we have hands laid on us, which Hebrews 6 talks about is a basic doctrine, Bible doctrine, that it is a basic, We don't and most churches don't teach it as a basic Bible doctrine anymore, but Hebrews 6 says it's a basic doctrine that we all ought to be familiar with, that laying on of hands is a place of transfer of power. That there ought to be something flowing into my life that needs to be flowing out of my life when I lay hands on someone. And the same is true for all of us. That when you're in your daily life, that you're encountering God in such a way that when you lay hands on someone, there is power. They're, they're, they feel the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. <laughs> or I'll just keep going. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, for your power. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence and your power. Lord, we pray for more. Lord, we need more of you. We need more of you in our lives. Lord, give us, give us the eyes to see you in the fullness of your glory, in your holy, the beauty of your holiness, the splendor of your power. Lord, help us to see again, Lord, even as we've taken a look at your word tonight. Yeah, you are the God who rules all things. You are the God who rules over creation itself, over nature, over kingdoms and and nations, over sickness and disease. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are our mighty God, all powerful God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining the Celebration podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father,